0: And this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding, providing you with more than 45,000 leads every month. I will now introduce to you our speakers for today, Max and Martin. So again, this is the third week of their series with us for this month. And it is my pleasure to host, as always, their webinars with Max and Martin. So it is, um, you know, um, a very, very... um, um, informative journey for me to you know because I'm learning a lot from uh, Max and Martin, even in the few months that I have hosted their webinar. So let me give the floor now to Max and Martin. Thank you so
1: hello, much. Everyone. Uh, hey, Max, hello, everyone. How are you can say Max? Hello.
0: How's everybody doing tonight?
1: So, hello, everyone. Uh, Martin Cherry here from Express Capital Financing. Uh, I happen to be the owner of the company. We're a father and a two son team out in New York City. Uh, what we do is we specialize in all types of real estate financing, uh, whether you're looking to buy a commercial property, a fix and a flip, a buy and hold. We do it all except a primary um, home. Uh, we're here to engage everybody to explain how everything works, the process, uh, debt service. We're going to go through a lot of information. Uh, one thing I do want to say is uh, you know, please speak to your tax attorneys, your consultant, your, your CPA for any type of advice. This is only for informative information only. Um, So we're going to be explaining how a commercial finance loan works. So everybody enjoy the show. Hope everybody is safe. Hope everybody is sound and safe. Um, You know, anybody, unfortunately that, you know, has any situations from this COVID, our prayers are with everyone there. Um, So now we'll begin the webinar. So What is, you know, what is, what is, what is, I'm going to say financing. It's always about using other people's money, whether you're going to a bank or a private lender, the more money you get, which is leverage, the more returns on your investment is when you're using your own cash, you're maximizing your risk. You're minimizing your return on the investment and all types of real estate. It's about the cap rate. And most importantly, it's about the profits, which is, you know, your return on the investment. So always using somebody else's capital, whether again, it's a private lender or a bank is not only safer, but it minimizes your risk and it minimizes your deposit. So we're going to go through some topics tonight, which is what is a commercial real estate financing? And another word for that is CRE, commercial real estate, how a commercial real estate loan works, types of CRE loans. What do lenders look for? how to prepare for the application process, where to get a CRE loan, calculating what lenders look for, which is what's called debt service coverage ratio, and what is a return on the investment. Now, please folks, don't confuse by the way, you know, with the CRE with one to fours, whether it's, you know, on a single family up to four units, uh, that's that's not a, considered a commercial property. So single family duplex. Duplex, triplex, quadplex is a different, uh, different. Um, you know, it's a little bit the same, but a lot, a lot different also. So what is a commercial, give me one second, I'm sorry. So what's a commercial loan? It's secured by a lien on the property as opposed to a residential property. And that's why I'm saying CRE is a different, it's a different realm than us, you know, than a single family home. Um, so we refer it to an income-producing real estate property that is owned for business purposes, office, retail, hotels, apartment, mixed use, shopping centers, and ever so much today, storage facilities and warehouses. That's commercial. That's what's considered a commercial real estate uh, financing. CRE loans are generally made to investors, corporations, developers, landlords, partnerships, funds, and something that's called a REIT, which is a real estate investment trust for the specific purpose of owning and operating a commercial real estate property. Um the entity the business entity that purchases the property leases it out and then collects rent everybody's in it for the return on the investment and for the cash flow um the financing for this venture including the purchase the development and possible construction of the property is accomplished through a commercial real estate loan and that typically is going to be what's called a hard money or bridge money when we're talking about development or construction so we're going to go through different uh, different topics here, different phases, so everybody understands.
2: And just to add in, by the way, anyone that is interested in one to four units, if that is your primary focus, you could check out our last webinar that we did about the rental 360.
1: Great. Okay. So real commercial real estate loans, what do they typically are? So investors can take a low of five year fixed terms up to 20 year terms. And the amortization period is often longer than the term. So what do I mean? Typically the terms of a fixed rate are five, seven, 10, but you always want the longest amortization. Just like a car lease, the same car, you take it out for 12 months, you're gonna have a higher payment. When you take it out for 48 months or 60 months or 72 months, you're gonna have a lower payment on the same car. So whenever you're taking a real estate loan or real estate transaction, you believe it or not, you always want the longest amortization possible. Um, so the monthly payments are determined as if the loan were be, was being paid over 30 years lenders consider the nature of the cat of the collateral, typically, you know what the purchase what the purchase price is going to be the creditworthiness of the borrower, the experience of the entity, which in this case happens to be the principal or the borrower. Now, when I say experience, you know, you want to buy a, a large multifamily and a few million dollars, and you want to go to a bank, your credit could be great, your tax returns could be great. But they do want to see experience of bank, and we're going to get through the different facets of a loan program, where is better to go for your specific needs and goals and strategies. But banks definitely want to see experienced borrowers. So not, you could have great credit, you could have all the liquidity in the world, but they definitely want to see a borrower that has the capacity to manage the property, which is very important to know. Um, also, again, including one or two years of financial statements, possibly income tax returns, and the financial ratios such as the loan to value and the debts Service coverage ratio when evaluating a commercial real estate loan down payments typically are in the range of 20 to 30 percent whether you go with any lender hard money bank uh, non-bank um, traditional non-traditional right now in these days mid-covid on a commercial real estate you are looking 20 to 30 percent and even 20 percent down is very rare we could do it on a, with our non-bank permanent financing which i'll get to in a little bit but most common today is about 25 or 30 percent and interest rates typically range from a bank, 3.5% or above, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, loans are backed up by small business if you want to go a small business loan, which are the cheapest, somewhere between 55 to 7%, depending on the size and the length of the loan. So types of commercial real estate financing. So permanent loans, they're fixed mortgages, like I said before, commercial property, it's fixed from anywhere, like I said, five, seven or 10. But the amortization is can be or will be 2025 20, or 30. If you're looking for the lowest rate and the highest uh, the high, the excuse me, the lower, uh, lower um, uh, monthly payment, where your cash flow is higher. Keep in mind, you wanna, you wanna always go with that 30-year M. What's the difference between a five, seven, or ten? It's gonna be the rate. The longer you're in that term fixed period of five, seven, or ten, the higher the rate will be. But keep in mind again, sometimes the rate is not always important because if a bank is giving you three percent, but a non-bank is giving you six percent. But a bank is giving you 20 year and a non bank is giving you 30 year, most likely that payment will be lower and your cash flow is higher with that non bank because of the amortization. So it really just depends. Um, second way of going, of course, was with an SBA. It's written sometimes traditional, non-traditional lenders, and they're guaranteed by the government, which is Small Business Administration. There are several different SBA loans that cater to different types of borrowers, and the most popular is a 7A. For all intents purposes, I do want to clarify, an SBA is not meant for investment properties. I want to be clear. SBA is not meant for investment properties only. It is owner-occupied, and I don't mean owner-occupied Multifamily, you know, you can't live in that property. SBA is only meant for commercial properties: a shopping center, a retail store, a mixed use that you're operating downstairs on the retail, a bowling alley, uh, you know, a golf course, uh, you know, any type of business that you want to operate and own that property. That is only for S. That can be for SBA, but there are a lot of investors that think, "Oh, I'm going to get an SBA and I want to, and I want to just be the landlord." Not meant for that. Not meant for that. So Bridge Loan provides a short-term mortgage on a commercial property, typically anywhere from six months to three years. Bridge Loans are typically obtained when a borrower is waiting for long-term financing and attempting to get a refi on an existing obligation, which I'll explain in a minute. But they're meant more for Taylor when the properties are empty and require capital improvements. Once the properties are fully rented, another word for it is stabilized, the borrowers can go to a bank or a non-bank, such as Express Capital. So before Max, you go to the next page, so where is why is a bridge loan you know is, is needed for the borrower? A bank or even a non-bank is not going to lend on a property that's empty. You got a multifamily that's half empty, all empty, 60% empty no bank or not bank is going to touch it, so I want to keep in mind folks that when you're using a bridge loan it's meant when properties are not stabilized, meaning they're quite empty or fully empty. It needs capital for we call it rehab or capex, and then you as the investor, you want to get it fully stabilized you want to get the you want to get it to a nice projected rent that 's what a bridge loan is meant for so it's short term providing you high leverage on the deposit, uh, on the purchase. It's providing you with 100% of the CapEx, or in this case, rehab money, to get the property uh, fully rented and stabilized and, of course, uh, cash flowing. So what do lenders look for? So what lenders look at to calculate the company's debt service. When we say company, we mean the deal, the debt service coverage ratio, which is defined as your annual net operating income divided by the annual debt service. A ratio of one to five or greater is typical requirement. And I'm going to go into that in right now. Assuming you have a property that's flowing gross cash flow, one hundred thousand dollars, and fifty thousand dollars is taxes, expenses, uh, maintenance, property manager, so forth. You're left with the fifty thousand dollar. That is your net operating income. Don't look at it as 100 because after expenses, you're netting 50. So that is your net operating of 50,000. Then we take what that possible debt will be. Let's assume the debt principal and interest will be $30,000. So if you do 50 over 30, you're coming up with 1.20. Basically 20% is left or $20,000 in this case is left. Most lenders want a 125 or greater. Uh, We can work with 1.20 on some deals. So it's important to know also, not just about the rate, not just about the fixed terms, and not just about the amortization, but what lender wants the lease debt ratio. Typical today, bank, non-bank is a 1.25, but there are some non-bank lenders such as us us that can work with the 1.20. And again, this is for permanent financing only, not for bridge. So, if your business is debt free, again, it means the property and you're applying for $100,000, the lender will want to see that you're bringing in a net operating income of 125 so we can give a loan out of $100,000. So, to take 125 over 100, you're left with a 1.25. A lender also checks credit score possibly background checks. They wanna make sure that the borrowers are, you know, no bankruptcy, no tax liens, no, uh, you know, no um, uh, tax liens, judgments, bankruptcies, foreclosures, nothing like that whatsoever. Um, You know, they're looking to make sure that there's no mortgage payment history late. but a non-bank will be much more flexible, which we're gonna go through very soon. Banks are very tedious with the process where a non-bank is not. So personal finances, small companies. And again, when I say companies, I mean borrowers. They're usually controlled by an owner or a few partners, by the way. A good thing to know is when it comes to CRE, you cannot do the loan under your personal name. So most banks, non-banks, hard money lenders, they want an entity for many, many reasons, which I don't want to get into now. So if you're looking to go into contract, make sure that you're going in with an entity. It's important to know. I will say with us as a non-bank, certain states... We could do it if it's individually owned or being acquired. But banks, I'm almost positive they want it owned under an entity. So, banks and commercial lenders will want to check your personal credit, the history to see if you have any financial problems in the past. Like I mentioned, any defaults, foreclosures, tax liens, judgments, bankruptcies, foreclosures low credit score could harm you as an individual or the borrower's chance of approval with a commercial loan. However, a non-bank, again, such as us and other non-bank lenders, we're not credit sensitive. Why do I say that? We we deal with borrowers in the 500 scores, 550 scores. So even though we're going to look at the credit in the background, we're just going to charge a higher interest rate. Uh, we want to hear the story. And that's very important. An executive summary, some type of a simple story. One of my borrowers, unfortunately, he saw his child a few you know this happened a few years ago his child run across the street and got killed and his wife took care of all the paperwork and she was you know depressed in her bedroom for two years didn't pay any bills so his credit went from a 700 plus to a 500 plus so we understood the story and we were able to you know get comfortable and 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 provide him with the financing so when you have a story behind it we call that a letter of an explanation you know we'll work with you A non-bank lender seeks to ensure that the property is debt servicing a loan. Why do I say a loan? Because again, a bank is gonna look at your credit, your background. We call it global debt service. They're looking at your tax returns, your income, your W-2s. Where in non-bank, we're just making sure that the property can cover the debt can cover the debt, that's it, simply. Of course, we're looking at credit and background, but again, we can work around that or a non bank will work around that. So we're not credit-driven. No financials are required, like I mentioned, no W-2s, no tax returns, no income verification. Uh, what does a non-bank look for? You know, it depends if it's occupied, non-occupied, but most importantly, which I'm gonna talk about in a few pages, is gonna be the rent roll and the income and the expenses. So it's a much quicker and an easier streamlined process. So property characteristics. Again, this is strictly for commercial properties and it's just a basic, there are more different types of commercial properties, but I'm just giving you the typical everyday type of deals. Multifamily, and when a lender says a multifamily, it means five plus. So investors, if you're saying the word multifamily, please keep in mind when you're talking to a lender, it's five plus. Retail, mixed use, shopping center and office buildings, industrial, warehouse, self-storage, by the way, very, very popular today, especially during COVID. Um, A lot of investors, a lot of landlords and you know uh, tenants are utilizing self storage or so the growth is very great um, skilled you know skilled and assisted living daycare memory care um, is are very good property characteristics loan to value always a lender wants the investor to have skin in the game today right now you know 70 75% can happen definitely could happen So that's good to know that you're going to be putting down 20 or 25%. So for example, if the property you're buying it for 200,000 and the lender acquires you, they're going to finance you 70%. Seven times two is 140,000 will be the loan amount and $60,000. You'll have to come up with cash equity into the deal. I know some borrowers may ask a question. Oh, how about a seller's concession sellers kickback with a bank very, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. With us and other non-bank lenders, we could, you know, we could we could talk about it. Seller's concession or seller's kickback, maybe five or ten percent. That's where a non-bank comes in a little more flexible as far as credit, less paperwork, streamlined process. Maybe you got a seller kickback, and again, that's where a non-bank has the pros. What is hard money? So hard money, like I said before, is providing high leverage, low deposit, low risk. You can also get hard money for the CapEx or we call for the rehab to get it stabilized, to get it fixed up so you can have a cash flow and then go into permanent if you want to keep the property or sell it to an investor at a, at a greater cap rate or should say a cap rate because now you've got a cash flowing. So we're, what are we doing? We're concentrating on the current and the projected value of the property for fewer requirements other than financial disclosures. So if you're buying a a mixed use property for 200 grand, we're looking at the current property value. And we're gonna be looking at the projected value. We call that after repair value or the stabilized after repair value. We're looking at both scenarios for you. And why? Because we're gonna max out at at an ARV of a typically on a commercial property, believe it or not, 70 to 75%. So even though we're loaning you 70% or 75 of the 200,000 as an example, uh, assuming your your after repair value is gonna be 300 or $400,000, we can cap it out at up to 70 to 75% of that as well too. So in general, banks and lenders will require you to meet the following qualifications. Projected cash flows for the life of the loan. And as a hard money lender, what are we looking at? Again, projected income, projected rent roll, projected income and expenses. And that's why we call it pro forma. Or if it's a little bit cash flowing or all cash flowing, it's going to be actual. So you may say, well, Why would a hard money lender lend if we have actual cash flow? Maybe you have a lot of, maybe you need a hundred or $200,000 in repair money. Maybe you got a $100,000 HVA that you need to be repaired and you need quick turnaround money to get it done, fix it so you can keep your tenants. Maybe, you know, maybe due to COVID, you got a 50%, uh, you know, vacancy rate. They left for whatever reason. And now is the perfect time where you want to fix it up. And a bank is not going to lend you when you're at a 50% or less, or even 70, 80% or less stabilized. A lot of my borrowers are coming to me and saying, Hey, I got a 50% vacancy rate or 50% occupancy, and I want to fix up my multifamily. Can I get some hard money? And I'm saying, Yeah. So this is where it comes in good for the hard money. The credit reports on all borrowers, again, Hard money lenders are typically not credit driven. We're just looking to see if there's any skeletons in the closet on a background check, or something like that. Your state certificate as a corporation or limited liability. What does that mean? We want to make sure that your corporation is what we call a good, a good, a good standing certificate. Max, am I saying the right word?
2: Yeah, certificate, of the certificate
1: standing. Right, so not like it's three years old, four years old, and it's dormant, and the state has no idea if it's dormant or live. So typically, a well, me, typically all hard money lenders want to make sure that your entity has a good uh, good standing certificate. We can order it for you. You could check it up on Google and see if your your company is live, or you just paid ninety five dollars a year to keep it live and something like that. Um, lenders, hard money lenders, we're going to look for appraisals on the property. Um, Some of my investors say, hey, I I don't want to get an appraisal. I can't get an appraisal. You know, hard money lenders, when they're lending you millions of dollars, they're not just looking to protect ourselves, we're looking to protect you. So the appraisal is going to have the the actual value of the property. And don't forget, it's going to have that after stabilized repair value. So it's very important, not just for us as your lender, but for you so you can make a profitable, informed decision. Um, Now, you may ask, well, can I use another appraisal from another lender? I did it myself, call us, we'll talk to you. It's not, it's not, it's not, uh, how do I say the word, we don't like it, but you know, we'll talk, we'll see what we can do. Um, A business plan that explains how the property will be used as well as an explanation of the company or slash borrowers um, having a management of the property. You know, we call that a, a personal resume or the borrower's resume. We wanna know that, you know, the borrower has done, you know, I'm not gonna say the word three flips, but cause now we're talking about commercial properties. The borrower has, you know, three multifamilies in Texas. He bought them for this amount of dollars. He bought them in 27, 18. He brought them up to this amount. Either he owns them, sold them, did this, did that a little, you know, one page resume on the borrower just to get a good feel and comfortable with a hard money lender. Okay, how to prepare for the application process. So a non-bank lender, and folks, what do I mean by a bank and a non-bank? So a non-bank lender, like I said, is gonna give you more flexibility with amortization, a lot less closing costs, a lot less closing time, streamlined process, and a non-bank lender lender such as us, it's a much easier communication, you know, a lot less red tape and communication because we are the lender, um, you know, to get your deals done. So we concentrate on, like I said before, on the current status of the property and the debt service. Um, so we're not asking for the borrower's tax returns. W-2 is an income verification. We're not doing a global debt service on the property and the borrower. We're just doing strictly to make sure that the property itself can uh, debt service on a, on a non-bank permanent financing. So a non-bank lender is gonna require you to meet the following, uh, the following qualifications. So two years tax returns, we put in there case by case because if you're able to provide it, we're probably able to get you a better rate. You don't have to give it to us. You don't have to give it to your non-bank lender, but it would make the lender feel comfortable if they could see it. If not, no worries. We got borrowers have losses, profits. They just don't want to show it. You know, so if you don't want to show it, you don't feel comfortable. That's where a non-bank lender comes in. I will tell you, I will repeat again, a bank is definitely going to require your tax returns, two years, profit and loss, uh, your W-2s. They're going to ask for your life. Um, and by the way, banks are taking a personal guarantee on your loans uh, without a full guarantee. We call that full recourse. With a non-bank such as us, we're going to we're gonna ask for a guarantee on the entity, but it's called a warm body guarantee with uh, bad boy car bats And what that means is, you know, if there's fraud, if you took a second lien on the property or there's you know you filed bankruptcy, that's a bad boy. Other than that, a non-bank lender we're just taking back the property. Where a bank they're taking the property and they're gonna get every dollar that's owed to them, plus, unfortunately, any private assets that you have because you have a personal guarantee. So with a non-bank lender, you're gonna have a personal guarantee on the entity, but with more body carve-outs. As long as there's no fraud, no bankruptcies, no second liens, uh, none of that nature, we're not going after the individual, we're just going after the property so we can recuperate our loan. Um, So, Third bullet says the third the credit reports for all the borrowers and partners. Again, the state certificate to make sure that it's a good standing uh, um, corporation, third-party appraisal ports. Um, and by the way, for the folks out there, yes, your lender has to order the appraisal. We have to order it. Again, bank, non-bank, hard money, any what lender you go to, they have to order it. It has to be in their name uh, for a lot of legal reasons, guidelines, uh, insurance reasons, Um, And things like that nature. So if you have an existing one from another lender, uh, we could look at it, but we're not going to be able to use it. Uh, No bank will even look at it or touch it. Um, So a business plan that explains, again, how the property is going to be using so we could have a resume on the borrower.
2: Just a slight correction. So if another lender did order the appraisal, that is fine. We can get that uh, transferred to us. If the borrower orders the appraisal, that's when we can know we cannot use it under any circumstance.
1: So Max, I'm sorry uh, to correct you publicly, but no commercial on, on on mortgage financing, we have to have a new uh mor- new a new a new, uh, a new appraisal. So that's uh, that's 100. Um, so okay, so where do you go now to get commercial real estate financing or loans? Okay, banks. What's the pros? Yeah, they're going to give you a good rate, three, four, maybe five percent possible synergies with other accounts. What do I mean? You maybe have your banking relationships or, you know, so they're going to give you better service, a better rate, possibly. Um, But the opposite also could happen too. If you're going to go to a bank to get financing, they're going to want your business banking and your personal banking. Are you willing to give up all your accounts just to go with that bank that's giving you a possibly a three, 4%. So you got to look at all the goals, strategies, and the needs to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Cause I've had investors who just hear three or 4% and they run. I'm in the bank say, I want your life. I want your business banking. I want your personal banking. I want your wife's banking accounts. You know, it's, 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 it's a hassle if you want to do it. Um, and again, if you remember what I said, folks, shortest amortizations available. Uh, Banks are typically 15 to 20 to 25. Yes, there are banks that give 30, no doubt about it. Yes, but most of them typically are 15 to 20 or 25. Um, What's the negatives on it, the cons? Well, they're going to ask you for a lot of documents. W-2s, tax returns, like I said, in a slow process. What's a slow process? (laughs) Believe it or not, I had one of my borrowers who it took him about two months just to get a term sheet out. With a non-bank like us or any other non-bank, you could probably get it the same day or 48 hours because we're fully underwriting, we're fully doing everything. We're prepared to move quickly. Um, only the borrowers with good or excellent credit. Um, I, believe, I believe, I'm believe. i not sure that banks today want 680 plus plus. Not too sure about that, but that's what I believe. With us as a non-bank, we could work with borrowers 550 or above. Where to get commercial uh, financing from? so. Um, Okay. So in non bank companies that provide CRE loans and to mid sized companies or small companies, less rigid underwriting standards faster approval and closing time than a bank's. And I'm happy to say folks, we can close your permanent financing in three to four weeks. And I repeat the words permanent. So if you've got that commercial property, it's already stabilized, it's already rented. This is for permanent lending a non-bank three to four weeks closed, get you a term sheet out within 48 hours. No worries. Lower fees and a lot less closing costs than a bank. Longer amortization. Remember what I told you? 30-year amortization. By the way, we even have 30-year fixed, 30-year terms. 30-year fixed with 30-year terms. No balloon programs. So banks, um, when you got a five-year fixed or seven or 10, it's not self-amortizing. So in that five years, you have to pay them off. I repeat, you have to pay them off, whether it's a refinance or you sell the property. With a non-bank, it's called self-amortizing. So if you took a five or seven or ten, it's after that fixed period, it's good, the rate's going to adjust, and whatever that adjustment's going to be, typically it's one percent a year, uh, capping at two percent for the life of the loan. It could still continue the payments for the next twenty-five or whatever years are left. You don't have to refinance. You don't have to sell the building, so which that's important to know also. Banks. Um, Fannie and Freddie Mac on a multifamily, $750 minimum with a non-bank lender, $50,000 minimum. So like I said before, we could do a fixed 30 year, which is very, very rare. What's the cons? Yes, the interest rates are going to be higher. However, what is it all about? It's about your cash flow, and it's about your return on the investment and your cap rate. So not always is the rate the best option. It's about your amortization. Amortization will increase your cash flow and also it will reduce, it will increase your cap rate. So, like I mentioned before, you can, and folks, you can if you're occupying the commercial property with an SBA. So, it says here, owner-occupied property, like I said before, and or and by the way, good thing about SBA, let's assume you're buying a, a uh, I don't know, a, um, a a mixed use, and you're going to r- operate the retail below on the main floor. Um, An SBA would be good for working capital, maybe some equipment, deli equipment, refrigerators. So SBA can be good for that, whether it's working capital, equipment um, and, you know, high leverage for an owner occupied user of the commercial property. Now, as an SBA work? usually um, 50% of the money comes from the actual lender, which is the bank. And the other 40% comes from the government where you're putting down 10%. If the bank requires, if the SBA lender requires 20% down, well that 40% becomes 30% from the government. So it's more riskier from the bank because the government is providing less, um, is providing less, uh, less. Uh, you know, uh, how do I say the word to you? Uh, they're creating more risk for the bank, for the lender. What's the pros? You can get below interest markets rates, but right now they're between Um, you know, because I'm also an SBA preferred lender, you can get rates right now, I'm going to say in the uh, mid five to the mid 7%. So it's not much different than a bank, believe it or not. Um, And even us, it's not so much different. The good thing about it with the with an SBA loan is you're going to get low uh, a lower, excuse me, a higher loan to value, and you will get working capital or equipment, equipment financing as well. What's the cons 10 to 20 year terms, 10 to 20 year terms only available after you exhausted all your alternatives. Um, you know, folks, some, some, some guys, some, some investors, some landlords, you know, I say investors and landlords, they want to go to the SBA because they think they're getting the greatest rate. It's not so much so, And just like a bank, they are going to be asking for personal guarantees. And, and because I did one myself years ago, they are going to put your primary house as a guarantee also, and your life insurance policies as a guarantee on your loans. So are you willing to put up your life insurance for your family? Are you willing to put up your primary home? You know, These are you know, some things to think about. That's why I mentioned public policy restrictions on eligibility, slow funding process. It's a minimum of two months, a minimum of 60 days. The advantages, I just wanna go over it again. You will get high leverage and you can get, you know, like I said, working capital or any type of equipment in your in your in your business. So, you can borrow up to five million through a lender, depending on your company size. But I say company size really more of the loan, um, you know, the loan size and the deal size. Uh, they could be used. Oh, great! Another advantages. Um, Um, SBA will lend you if you're building a facility. And again, it could be for your own business, a storage facility, a mixed use uh, shopping center that you're going to be occupying yourself. Uh, An SBA lender can provide you with the construction and then they'll put you into permanent um, themselves. They call it like a bridge to perm um, type of a structure. Uh, The rates are based on the Wall Street prime rates. But again, the rates are somewhere between five and 7%. What's the pros you're gonna get below interest market rates, 25 year terms, the most loans are fully amortized. So what does that mean? So when it comes to an SBA and you're getting, so it depends on the loan size, but if you remember what I said before, in a, in a non-bank or a bank, you're getting five or seven or 10 fixed, and then it either self-amortized or, you have to, or balloons. So with an SBA, if they're giving you 25 years, it's gonna be fixed 25 years. Um, so that's a good, well, if it's, if it's, if it's a, um, if it's a, uh, if you're using it for the business, it will be either 15 or 25 years fixed, depending on, you know, what a debt service is for. So that's a good thing to know also. Um, What's the cons? So limits on the company's experience. When I say company again, folks, I merely mean individuals. So if you're looking to open up a Subway shop, a Subway franchise, a Dunkin' Donuts franchise, by the way, they love franchises, whether they're new or existing. But, you know, if you're if you're going to be brand new and you want to open up, like I got a guy that wanted to buy uh, an existing um, uh, cleaning service business. And he had no experience. He's not going to be qualified for the SBA because SBA wants experienced borrowers running that business. So, if you want to buy a, a commercial property that's a pizza shop and you never ran a pizza shop, you're not going to get qualified. You, and you have to, believe it or not, show that you've owned one or you managed one. And they want to see proof of you managed one. So, that's important to know also with an SBA. Of course, they want to see good credit score. I believe today it's 650. I'm not too sure about that. And uh, it is a long approval time of 60 plus days. Okay, so hard money for commercial, for commercial property. So if you remember folks, what I said, it's more based, it's all it is, is based on the property value, current value and the after repair value. These loans are usually made by private companies or private lenders and tend to have a higher down payment requirement Eh, qualifying for the loan is easier and getting the loans tend to be faster than a traditional mortgage. Why would you take hard money? Time sensitive. You need to close quickly. Credit sensitive. Again, the property is not either. It's zero. It's zero occupancy or less than uh, 80% occupied. You're going to need hard money. And most importantly, CapEx or rehab, that's where you're definitely, definitely going to need hard money. There isn't a lender for mortgage permanent financing that's going to lend you for CapEx uh, or rehab unless you're going SBA if you're going to occupy the property yourself. What's the pros? (laughs) Excuse me. We're not looking at credit. Well, we're looking at credit, but we're not basing you on credit. Fast approval. It says one or two week closings. That's very, very true. Like I said before, time sensitive. You got a great deal. You don't want to pass it up. (laughs) That's hard money. And some folks, even if it's, fully stabilized. You got a great deal for now from COVID, a lot of the uncertainty. You got some landlords, they want to dump properties and they want to close in one week or two weeks. That's hard money. And you know what? You should use hard money. You know why? Because if you need to close quick, you saved yourself a nice amount of money on the purchase because you got a good deal from the landlord or that, that owner, Hell yeah. Use the hard money and you'll go to permanent whenever you're ready. So that's a great use for that. Very easy to qualify. Low down payment. You're minimizing your risk and the capital needed. Typically 70 to 75% loan to value. And again, let's just say your purchase price is hundred grand. A hard money lender will lend on a commercial property 70 to 75. If you're asking can we go to 80? Will the lender hard money go to 80? If it's a multifamily, that's the best property type, we'll definitely go to 80. And like I said before, folks, we'll give you all that rehab. So if we're giving you 70 to 80 of the purchase, and 100% of that rehab or slash CapEx, you're putting down very little bit, you're getting high leverage, low deposit, low risk. And you know, you're waiting for it to get you know, into permanent financing, stabilizing it, or selling it, you'll be you know that's what that's what real estate real estate investing is all about. What's the cons? High interest rates. Okay, so again, depending on your deal, I really don't want to say so much about the rates, but I will say on commercial, hard money lenders are anywhere today between eight and ten percent. And we say eight to 10%, it's not a month, it's 12 months. So if we take 10% a year, uh, it's 0.80 a month. Why do I say 0.80? If you're keeping the loan out for a half a year, you paid 5%. And even if you're keeping out for a whole year, 10%, isn't it worth it to get high leverage, low deposit, low risk? But it is a higher rate, but it's short term. And was that's the next, you know, the bullet short term. Anywhere from, depending on the deal, um, twelve to twenty-four months, sometimes thirty-six months if it's a large deal, uh, that needs a lot of time to 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 get it stabilized, to get it repaired. You know, we had a we had a mixed use property in uh in Queens, New York. It took about twenty-four months and we gave her she had, for twenty-four months. We gave it to her. Why? I mean, also thank God because of COVID also she slowed down, couldn't do any of the uh, the construction, she couldn't complete the construction. But besides COVID, I mean, sometimes deals just take more time than needed. So a good lender, we're either going to give you 12, 24 or 36 months. Are they going to give you 36 months flat off the bat? Probably not. As yes, for one percent uh, extensions, it's, it's very common. I mean, if you think about it, we're holding a loan out. Uh, we're maximizing our risk. We're waiting to get paid. So it's something to consider, but you know, that's what hard money is all about. And by the way, when we say hard money, it's not hard. The, the phrase hard money came from a hard asset. What's the hard asset? The property. So years ago, it was called bridge. What's bridge? It's a bridge to a perm. It's a bridge. It's a temporary financing until you go into permanent. After that word bridge, it became a hard money, which is the hard asset. So just to let you folks know, it's not hard at all. Okay. Max, I think you want to take over over here.
2: Yes, I'm excited. Let's go into calculating debt service, right? So this is what we're all excited for. This is why we're all in real estate. This is why we're buying properties because we want the cash flow. Now, uh, we did a very similar thing for this for the rental 360. But I want to point out a few differences. When we're talking about commercial properties, there are vast different types of assets, right? Like my father said earlier, there's multifamilies, there's offices, there's strip centers, there's uh, bowling alleys, golf courses, and so on and so forth. And there's more than I could even think of. So when we're doing this, we have to also know, Hey, how are we collecting <clears throat> our taxes? Right? So if I'm doing a strip center, I might be, I might be doing a triple net lease where I'm not paying my taxes and my tenants are paying it and they're paying my increase. So these are all things that it's important to know Where well, we're, I'm not going to go ahead and really break that down too deep. It's more of just something that we want to keep in the top of our mind when we are calculating this, the, 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 um, the formula doesn't change. We just have to make sure that we're putting the right values in the formula, right? So if you look right here, it says over here, the debt service coverage ratio is equal to our net operating income divided by our total debt service. So let's define debt service equals our payment for debt, right? So my principal, my interest payments, uh, and I'm going to be dividing my net operating income by that number. So the things we need to know is our income, what's our rent roll? Uh, what's our expenses? What are, What is it gonna cost us to keep this property afloat? Maybe you have to add maintenance in there because you're uh, a strip center and you have to have a guy driving around making sure that the parking lot's clean and so on and so forth. Uh, we have insurance costs. We have our principal and interest where uh, we can use a, a simple um, mortgage calculator to help us figure that out. And if you need to figure that out, we can have a mortgage calculator handy for us. Now, you wanted to say something?
1: Yeah, so just for the folks to remind you, if you look at the top right, net operating income, net. So if you remember before, the gross was $100,000. let us assuming expenses, taxes, insurance, property manager, Uh, whatever utilities is, is 50 grand, your net operating is 50. Now let's assume the mortgage payment principal and interest is going to be below that the total debt service. Let's just say it's principal and interest is 30,000 a month. Now we got a debt service of 50 divided by 30 is 1.20. So that's how we figure out debt service coverage ratio.
2: Yep. Let's break that down a little bit more, right? So now we have here a deal in front of us, right? Now, guys, keep in mind, I'm just using numbers here. This is not an actual deal. Uh, If you have a deal that you want to run by us, feel free to call us with it. We'll go and break it down for you. Send you an Excel sheet based on all of your numbers. But let's just take this one over here where the purchase price is 250. We're getting 75% LTV. So that means that my loan amount is 187,500. Uh, Now, I did a little math for you guys. I took out a a mortgage calculator. I did a 187,500. What is my uh, principal and interest at a 6% interest rate? And the number came out to 11,2415. My taxes on this property I'm paying is $2,000 a year. And my insurance is $1,200 a year as well. So what am I collecting in rent? What am I here for? I'm collecting 1,700 bucks. So my total monthly debt, right? Now my debt is equal to my principal and interest plus my monthly taxes and insurance payment. That's why it is greater than the 1124. So that total number comes out to 1390 and 82 cents. So now if I take my net operating income, which is 1700 and I divide it by my total monthly debt of 1390, I have a debt service coverage here of 1.22. Okay, now you can do this annually, or you could do it monthly. However, you can never do a total monthly income divided by an annual debt, right? So we just have to make sure we're being consistent. Um, now,
1: um, the Hi, next thing I, I-, I want to, can I just go back, go back one thing, Max? So I just want to, Max, go a little bit slower on that. So if you guys, for folks, you look at the right side, it says monthly or annually works. So you could either take 1700 times 12 and then take 1390, 82 times it by 12, you still get the same number 1.22. So I just want to you know, clarify that for everybody out there. Um, now, also just to add one thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Max. You know, let's say you got income of laundry room or parking. Yeah, that's included in income. So all the income minus any expenses that the landlord, I repeat, the landlord... Or the investor is paying on the property, so just want to clarify that, everybody.
2: Absolutely, no, it's a great point, and and the the key point there is that this is a ratio, right? So it's always going to be the same number as long as we're staying consistent with the numbers that we are using.
1: So right. now the next, now- go ahead. No. So if you're getting, like Maxie said before, if you're getting your tenants to pay the gas, the electric and all that, it's not an expense that you're incurring. So don't give it to us. Don't give it to your lender. It's not an expense. We want to want to know the property, uh, the property income and the property debt. We know you're always going to have a fixed uh, fixed expense of taxes and insurance. But if you're not telling us about utilities or something like that, then, you know, so either disclose it so there's no surprises for you later on, but it's in your benefit if you could find a triple net lease or have your tenants pay for them. Uh, so this way you're increasing your, excuse me, you're decreasing your debt.
2: Correct, and that's and that's also, by the way, another way that people do value add in properties that they're purchasing turnkey. Right, no two investors have the same debt service on the same property because I might have higher cost, my property manager may cost me more, my uh, whatever. Right, there's different ways of 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 bringing up my cost or expenses on a property. So just keeping that in mind, if the best way to do that usually is to collect the rent roll if you're buying a turnkey property or to create a pro forma of how you plan to build out the property so that we can help you with the debt service coverage ratio. Now, the next thing that we're gonna cover is our return on investments, right? So now this is really the one of the biggest tools that most investors use when they are deciding, is this deal for me or is this not for me? right? So what is my ROI? An ROI is my return on investment. How much money am I getting back for the money that I invested into this property? So it's measuring my profits in a percentage base. So to calculate the percentage of an ROI for a cash purchase, we take the net profit or the net gain on the investment divided by my cost, right? So let's actually just, I'm going to go ahead to the next page where it kind of breaks it down a little bit more where you see it, right? So the gain on my investment divided by the cost of my investment equals my return on investment. Now notice how there is a minus there by the gain on investment for the cost of the investment still, right? So I'm still minusing it from the first, why? Because I'm not looking for the total amount of money that the deal made. I'm looking for the profit that I made. So I have to still take out what it costed me to get there because it's not a profit. Right. If it's an expense that if, if I made $100,000 this year, and like my father was saying a bit earlier, but I had $50,000 in expenses, my profit was only 50. And now I have to divide that by the amount of money that it costed me to do the deal. So it seems simple enough, but there's a lot of variables that come in, right? So we these are all based off of net numbers. We have to make sure that we just include uh, our rent rolls. We have to include our expenses, get them all together. And once we have final numbers, that is how we are able to determine what our return on investment is. Now, the next thing, let's go. Uh, and dive into a cash deal, right? So now this is a deal that I bought myself. uh, Well, not personally, this is just a hypothetical situation, but we'll say you paid hundred thousand dollars for the property and closing costs for a thousand. So now uh, remodeling costs were about 9,000. So you brought a total to the investment of 110,000, right? My hundred K purchase.
1: Well, you say borrowing, but you have cash. This is uh, this is an example for cash.
2: Correct. I bought the property cash. So I bought $100,000 to buy the property, $10,000 uh, in nine in remodeling, $1,000 in closing costs, bringing my total cost to $110. I collect $1,000 in rent every single month. One year later, right? What did I do? I earned $12,000 in rent, 1000 times 12 I, my expenses, including my water bill, property t- property taxes, insurance, came out to about twenty four hundred for the year, which divided by twelve is two hundred per a month. So my annual return was ninety was nine thousand six hundred dollars, which is the twelve hundred that I made in rent minus my expenses, right? Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand minus my expenses because I need to know what my profit was, not just how much I collected in rent. What was my profit? And now to calculate the ROI, we're gonna divide the annual return, which was 9,600, by the amount of the total investment of $110,000. So on this deal, I made an 8.7% return on my investment by investing $110,000 to make $9,600 per a year, okay? Now we're gonna take the same scenario and now we're going to make it as if we financed the property. So the same $100,000 property. Now my closing, I put down 20% of the purchase price here, which was $20,000, which means that I borrowed 80. My closing costs were a little bit higher because you have uh, a little bit more closing costs when you borrow money. So figure 2,500. And I paid the same 9,000 to remodel the property. So now what was my total out of pocket? I paid $20,000 for my down payment. Twenty-five hundred dollars in closing cost and nine thousand to remodel, which brings me to a total of thirty-one thousand five hundred. So seventy-something thousand dollars less. Now, these are there are also some ongoing costs that you have with borrowing money, right? So we assume that we took out a thirty-year mortgage with a fixed interest rate of six percent, and I remember I borrowed eighty thousand dollars. So the monthly principal and interest payment on this deal would be four hundred and seventy-nine dollars and sixty-four cents. We'll add the same $200 a month, if you remember, that we had in taxes, insurance, and utilities. So that brings that my monthly payment in expenses to $679.64. I'm collecting the same $1,000 in rent, which is $12,000 a year. And my monthly cash flow is my $1,000 that I'm collecting a month minus the $679 that I'm making payments for in expenses, which brings me to a profit of $320 a month. So now one year later, uh, how much did I really make, right? So I made $3,844, which is the $320 times the 12 months, right? Why only 320? Because I had the expenses that I had to pay. Now let's calculate the ROI on this deal, right? Now, sure, the actual, uh, the profits that we made are less, there's no doubt about it, because I had higher expenses. But let's see what it does to the ROI and how we could use that to do more deals with the money that we had, right? So and now I just,
1: want, I just want to add, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. And folks, keep in mind when you're putting down 20%, like I said before, you're minimizing your risk, you're minimizing, you know, your 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 money. And imagine if you had a hundred grand, you're only putting down 20%, 20%. So now you could do five deals like this and make a greater return on your money. So that 8% or whatever Max is saying can be multiplied into four or five deals also, diversify.
2: Correct. And we're going to break that down right now, right? So now okay. let's look at our annual return that we made on this property, right? So we made $3,844, but how much money did I put to the table this time? I didn't come down with 110,000. I only came down with 31,500. So I'm going to do 3844 uh, 3844 divided by 31500 And my cash on cash return is now 12%, 12 12.2%, right? So I made about four and change percent more on my money financing my deal. Now, why is that important? Because now with the same $30,000 that I put on this deal, I can do three deals of this size, right? So now if I'm making 3844 times three, that's more, than, that's more than I was making on the previous <laughs> bill, which is gonna bring us to about 10,000 and change, uh, which on this one was only 9,600, right? So the goal here is to make your money work for you as much as possible. How can I make the most amount of money with the dollars that I have and diversify that into multiple deals, right? We're talking about a, a lot of different strategies. The one thing that we have to keep in mind is that you, if you keep all of your eggs in one basket and one thing goes wrong, there goes everything. But if you have your eggs in multiple baskets and you have three, four different deals going on and God forbid something happens to one of them, you still have two other deals keeping you afloat, working for you and have equity in those deals that you can work with. Um, so now when you are uh, calculating your return on investment, just a few things that we want to consider. I may have mentioned these earlier, but just to reiterate the equity, right? What is the market value in the property minus the total loan amount that I have, right? Because I'm i building an equity if I'm refinancing out of a hard money deal and I want to know how much I have in that. Why? Hey, five years down the line, two years down the line, 20 years down the line, I need more capital to do more deals. I want to buy more cash flow. I want to retire soon. I can now look to my properties to refinance them, collect that equity, and use it for more deals, uh, repairs and maintenance costs. Right, that's something else we want to make sure we understand. You may be collecting a thousand dollars a month in rent for a year, and that's twelve thousand dollars. But if you have a sink that needs to be repaired, a, a clogged toilet, or whatever it may be, these will pull into it. So you don't want to just be. Uh, paying yourself all the money up front, You wanna put that money aside as a a safeguard if, hey, what happens if something does happen? You don't wanna be in a situation where you can't handle it and God forbid, be a slumlord. Uh, Vacancies, right? Not every time are you gonna be able to have a 100% vacancy, 100% of the year. Understand your market, where are you? Am I in a market where I could fill my property up in two, three days, two, three weeks, two, three months, right? If I have to go two, three months without a tenant, Can I handle that? Can I make those payments and wait for the tenant to come around? Well, How is it going to affect my return on investment, right? So these are things that we want to make sure we understand. Uh, Now, the next thing is financed or mortgage. The less cash paid up front as a down payment on the property, the larger the mortgage loan balance will be your greater your return on investment will be right so we don't want to go and leverage ourselves too much to a point where the deal doesn't make sense you won't be able to refinance later but we want to use leverage to make sure that we are creating the greatest roi that we can for our property and the more cash paid up front the less you borrow right the, the less you have to make payments for but the lower your roi is going to be since your initial cost is going to be drastically higher so those are really the, the main key points. This is how you calculate your ROI. We kind of went through the differences on how, to, how it changes, when, whether you finance the deal or whether you purchased it outright. Uh, the rest is really up to you. To, you know. And I'm going to take it back to you, Dad, to go over some of our programs so that we could educate them and tell them more.
1: Great, 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 uh, great topic, Max. Great conversation. So, what do we do at my company, Express Capital Financing? If everybody looks to the left, rental 360, that's for the permanent financing on one to four units, 75,000 up to 2 million. Rates right now, five per five and a quarter and above. Uh, minimum credit score, 650. Uh, max uh, leverage on a purchase is 75%. And the max, excuse me, max on a purchase will be 80%, up to 80, but uh, we can go typically 75% rate in term or cash out. And again, rental 360s for one to fours, the property could be empty. You're coming out of hard money or you just bought it empty. That's a great thing. Again, banks won't touch that. So, you know, rental 360, our product or program does that because we're a non-bank. The other one is the no-dot commercial, uh, which is again, the 50,000 to the 15 million. That's what we do for commercial properties. Uh, Interest rates, I apologize, it's not 3%. We are gonna be somewhere between the five to 7% Um, credit. Like I said before earlier in this webinar, we we can go as low as, 550. The good thing is, we can give provide up to high leverage on that. So, typically on the no dock, you're going to get 70 to 80% uh, leverage and 50,000 up to 15 million. Closing very quickly. Multifamily, mixed use. Uh, this is for bridge or hard money. So, I want to be, you know, doesn't say it over here. I apologize. It's for bridge lending, 85,000 up to 10 million. Interest rates, 8, 8% annually credit score 680 plus and up to 80% leverage on a multi or mix use um you know, bridge or hard money. Our everyday fix and flips, happy to say it's back. It's it's the greatest ever. You know, while there's uncertainty there's opportunity and millionaires are made in a recession. So for all you investors are getting out there, you're new, you're scared, you're timid, you're learning a lot, especially on this webinar and with Real Estate IQ, um, you know, right now is the best time to be fixing and flipping because even though it's the property are scarce right now, but there's gonna be a multitude of properties coming up. Uh, I do want to mention real estate IQ and the reason why um, I'm an ex-retailer and you know, my dad always said, you need inventory. You need inventory. What's inventory in our business? It's leads. Getting leads is going to get you properties. Getting properties is going to make you a landlord. Getting to be a landlord, you're going to be having money, profits, whether you're a flipper or a buy and hold. There is no property in the world that's going to come knocking down your door and say, here, buy me. It's a great property. You're going to make a hundred grand. You need inventory. And that's a subscription-based providing you with information such as tax liens, foreclosures, bankruptcies, uh, 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 pre-foreclosures, probates, you need inventory. That inventory is a subscription-based. Some people are leery, I don't want to pay, I don't know how good it's going to be. Hey, you could always cancel, but when you're having a good company like Real Estate IQ, they're giving you that information within 48 hours, I believe, of live leads And most importantly, they're not only giving you the properties and the information, you're getting a skip trace information, you're getting ARVs, you're getting rental comps. And like I said, there is not a property in the world that's going to come knocking down your door. You need to find them, you need to get them, you need to do your due diligence. And this is the way to grow and create wealth in real estate. So I just want to say that. So Marty, Martin Shira. I'm sorry.
2: No, I'm sorry. I just want to add one thing, by the way, for all the analytics out there, uh, just to add on to what you said. Uh, You know, if you're closing one out of 20 people, one out of 40 people, depending on you know what your numbers are in your database, just think about what what your total volume would be if you add in more leads to that database, right? You already know what your conversion ratios are. Go ahead, add in more leads. You're only going to do more business. The more business you do, the more you're going to grow, the more you grow. I think that's why we're all here.
1: Yeah, I mean look, if you're not if you're not interested in spending a few hundred dollars a month on a subscription or any type of lead generation, how are you going to make money? You have to spend money to make it and this is the way to do it. So we're happy to say that as you know, a lot of non-bank lenders, we're around, we're back, we're happy, it's a secondary market. Uh, Why do I say that? It was a very big concern when this COVID happened, but if us non-bank lenders are are up and running, that's a very good thing for permanent financing. So how can you reach my company and me and my team? Um, All the information is there. Our main number is 718-285-0806. If you have any questions, please feel free, whether it's about products, programs, anything to do with real estate, we could help you with um, with um, titles, insurance companies, um, um, wholesalers, how to find properties to, you know, to get you to a celebratory closing is what it's all about. So we're not here just to provide you with financing. If you need the tools, the resources, we can help you as well.
2: Our network is your network. Exactly.
0: All right, Jeff, it's all yours all right thank you so much max and martin and as always you know very very great tips and it's uh, our webinars are always informative and we thank you for the opportunity to you know allow our attendees to learn from you and from your webinars so let me just share my screen real quick so for those of you who are um, you know um, writing down their contact numbers Max and Martin's contact numbers from the screen a while ago uh, no worries about that because we'll be oh, gosh. the details like in the chat so let me just um, post that there so yeah so I just posted the links um, that we will be discussing throughout this webinar before um, you know before our Q&A part so everyone Please make sure to post your questions in the chat box so that Max and Martin can see the questions and answer them before we end the webinar. So right now um, in the chat box, you can see the links and contact details that you might need for uh, from Max and Martin. So make sure to copy and paste them to your computers now so you don't have to you know, write it down to your um, pen and paper. So again, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding providing you with more than 45000 leads every month and we guarantee that you will always find a deal with real estate iq so for those of you who are in still in the room right now um, once you leave the room or once we end the webinar today you'll be automatically routed to a very very short survey where in um, you know it, we will appreciate whatever feedback you will give us because we will be using this to improve our webinars, if what topics you might be interested at, so we can you know, find the best speakers for you so that um, whatever the topics that you might need for your business, we can definitely find the perfect speakers for you, just like Max and Martin that we have right now. So everyone, we will appreciate, appreciate your feedback um, after this webinar. And if you have questions about our services, all you have to do is contact our customer service. So again, if uh, you're not going to subscribe with Real Estate IQ, um, it's either you answer our poll right now for the demo request, or you can contact our customer service so that they can give you more information about how our products in our system works. And we guarantee a two hour response from our team. And we also have freebies. Just, uh, just like what I told you a while ago that we are doing raffles every week. So all you have to do is answer this next poll on your screen right now so that we have an idea uh, idea if what freebies you might be interested at so you know once we draw the raffle we can uh, select from the freebies that you have selected and if in any case that you missed the free 45 minute one-on-one deal finding training poll all you have to do is type in demo please in the chat box so that i can uh, get your details and make sure to reserve a spot for you for this free 45 one-on-one a 45-minute one-on-one deal finding training. And we also invite you to join our community. So in this community, this works like Facebook. So all you have to do is join in our community at community.realestateiq.co. So this works like Facebook, so you can connect with other investors, connect with the members of the team, or the members of the group so that, you know, you can grow your business. If you're a newbie, this is really a great help for you so that you can ask for tips and, you know, you, you might find your business partner in the future in our community. Also, uh, just like what I told you a while ago, you can, join, you can reserve your spots for our upcoming webinars. Just go to realestateiq.co slash events so you can be updated of our upcoming webinars. And almost every day, we are updating our website just to make sure that you already have the links for our future webinars. So right now is the perfect time for a question and answer. So for those of you who have um, you know, questions about Max and Martin or about their topic for today, make sure to let us know in the chat box or the Q&A box so that we can answer them before we end the webinar. And also, if in any case, there's still confusion about their topic or whatever, um, or whatever help that you might need, in your business, make sure to let Max and Martin know before we end the webinar. So again, the contact details are in the screen and in the chat box. So make sure to just copy and paste them. So in case that you might uh, remember a question by tomorrow or the following day, you can reach out to Max and Martin anytime. So as of now, I cannot see any questions from our chat box or the Q&A box. I guess that you have covered everything clearly, Max and Martin. So. Oh, there, I think we have a question from AA. Um, are you a true non-recourse lender?
1: Well, I am a true lender. Non-recourse, again, just depends what we're doing, whether it's um, you know bridge financing or actually just bridge financing because all permanent financing, like I said, is recourse. It is recourse to the entity with warm body carve-outs.
0: Yep, and she added um, self-storage. Yes,
1: that's a commercial property, yes.
0: All right. So um, I hope we answered your uh, question, AA. So if for those of you, for everyone who's still in the room right now, if you have questions, just make sure to let us know in the chat box or the Q&A box. So before we end the webinar, we will be answering all of your questions. So as a follow up, um, what are the terms for self-storage loans?
1: Are we doing permanent or are we doing bridge?
0: Yeah, I would recommend that you reach out to us. Uh,
2: um, you can either give us a call or email us. We'd be happy to share all the different options there are that we have with you there and really dig into the deal and make sure it's something you want to move forward with.
0: Yeah, so for those, um, for everyone, that is also one option that we can give you if ever you have, you know, future questions or if you want to have like an in depth um, information about um, Express Capital Financing, um, please do reach out to, to Max and Martin through their email address or their contact number so you can, you can call them or you can go to their website at expresscapitalfinancing.com. So, all right, so Martin said that um, he'll be happy to um, uh, to receive your call. So everyone, uh, make sure to connect with uh, Max and Martin. And also if you have questions with Real Estate IQ, let our team know. So the contact details are in the chat box. So before we end the webinar, I'll be staying in this room for like um, two to three minutes just to give you time to copy and paste all, um, all of the details in the chat box so you can save it to your computers. So I think we do not have any other questions from our attendees. So Max and Martin, any final tips or words of advice to our attendees, especially the newbies or the first timers in the industry of what help that you can uh, provide them? So Max and Martin?
1: I mean, I'll just add, if you remember that old lotto commercial, you got to be in it to win it. It's the same thing with real estate. You got to be in it to win it. Um, You know, it's a great time to be in it when there's a downtime, a downturn. Um, So, uh, and, you know, some folks, they tell me, oh, I'm doing this course and that course, and I'm not ready yet. You're never going to be mindset 100 percent ready you just got to be in it to win it it's just going to happen as you're you know getting started along so that's what i could say there um you know and um anything else you want to add max yes i'll
2: just add in you know uh, a lot of people i hear it a lot and i tell this to my team all the time they're like yeah i just want to get lucky i want a deal to fall in my lap Uh, Unfortunately, luck just doesn't work that way, right? What is the definition of luck? Luck equals opportunity plus preparedness, right? So the more we prepare ourselves, once that opportunity comes around, we'll make sure to grab it, right? So that's what it's all about. Be prepared, get your education, learn as much as you can, put yourself out there so that this way you will find those opportunities, you will be prepared to do it, and you will be a lucky person.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Max and Martin. And to everyone, just like I'm always saying during our webinars, make sure to save the details, the contact details of our wonderful speakers, especially right now, Max and Martin. So in any case that you're a newbie or you're just, um, you know, starting with a real estate business, make sure to save their contact details because, you know, um, you know, having the contact details of our experts get could be your doorway to success. So make sure everyone to be updated with um, you know, the latest trends with um, real estate business, save the contact details of our experts, attend webinars like this for you to learn and make the most of your time during this pandemic because you know opportunities are always uh, by your side. So everyone, thank you so much for attending our webinar for today. For Max and Martin, thank you so much. As always, we are learning a lot from you and we hope to see you Um, definitely probably next month for our um, next webinar with you. And everyone, thanks so much for your time. I hope that everyone's doing fine. Everyone stay safe. Have a great evening. Bye for now. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Real Estate IQ. Great work. Great work.
0: Thanks, everyone.
2: All the best.
1: For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.